Hey, welcome to the Danny Abel podcast, where I help you connect the dots between mindset, metabolism, nutrition, and fitness to help you easily understand complex health and wellness concepts. I'm thrilled you're here to listen to what I have to share. So let's dive right in. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. So this is episode 16 and I'm going to go through a really kind of fun analogy for you that I think might help when it comes to metabolism. So the first thing that I want you to know is that metabolism can very much be simplified really down to how much you're eating and how much you're moving, but there are so many interconnected little parts and so much nuance. However, however, when you think about like, I mean, honestly, like name a topic, what topic isn't nuanced? I mean, like I could probably name like 10, you know, like in particular, like what shorts are the best to wear to the gym? Well, I don't know. What are you doing? Like, what do you like to do? What colors do you like? What fabric do you prefer? I mean, you know what I'm talking about? Like, Everything is nuanced, but I really just want to like ease any mindset stuff that might be coming up for you around metabolism and just recognizing that it really, it really can be simplified. Now you, you need to understand that in order for these concepts to apply to you, you need to understand where you are at in relation to your goals. Now that probably like makes zero sense. Let me unpack that for you. So if you have been successful with achieving your goals and you're working on the next thing, then you might be at one point in your journey. Whereas like if somebody has been constantly, you know, maybe this is you, you're, you've been constantly trying to do this thing, but you seem, it doesn't really ever seem like you are ever making any traction towards this thing. That might be more of like a strategy problem, right? Versus somebody who maybe has had some success it's probably a strategy problem, but it's also probably like more of like a timing problem. Like you're probably just trying to do the same thing that used to work for you too many times. And it's essentially just like, I know this sounds really vague and probably it's not very specific, but your body just gets used to things. Like that's the easiest way that I can explain it. So I'm going to give you this example and I'm going to go through it with something that I think is really easy to follow when it comes to metabolism. So if you've ever been overwhelmed by it, hopefully this will help to kind of unpack some of those concepts for you. Now, starting out, I need to define the different components um, of this analogy and how they kind of relate to metabolism. And then I'll go through and I'll walk through the analogy for you. All right. So number one, we have the brain. To be more specific, this is truly your hypothalamus. In the factory, so I'm going to use a factory analogy. Sorry, I didn't talk about that before now. Um, as you can tell, I'm kind of like letting loose with the podcast and I'm kind of just doing whatever comes whatever comes up for me at this given time. Like when I first started the podcast, I was like, oh, it's got to be perfect. I have to have this perfect outline. But you know what? Like that is not realistic. There's just going to be times where I want to talk about something and I have my own platform to do that. So that's what I'm freaking doing. All right. So I'm going to use a factory analysis because I think it's really easy. Like everybody kind of knows, if you will, 
will, like the general components or like the general people that would be working in a factory. You know, let's just pretend it's like a protein powder manufacturing facility or like if you are really into athletic wear like I am, (laughs) I was talking on my story today about how I'm going through this like funk right now because I don't fit into some of my clothing because I've had so many gains. And it's like, it's, it's like, it's like this process of grieving because I have a lot of like tops and bottoms that I really like. Like I like the prints, I like the colors, but they don't make them anymore in those particular colors. And of course I can't find them online, you know, slightly used in the same prints, yada, yada, yada. Okay. So when it comes to the factory example, it could be, you know, let's just pretend like it's either like a protein powder manufacturing facility, or, you know, maybe it's a factory that makes like really cute athletic wear, either one, like you pick one and kind of use that as your example. All right. So in the factory, the brain is going to be the chief operations officer or the COO. Okay. And I'm going to refer to her as a her because, Hey, this is my podcast. And because I was an ex where I am an ex corporate executive. And I love seeing other women in positions of power, quote unquote power. Um, we're going to use that example. All right. So let's just kind of like unpack what she does. She ultimately controls the productivity of the factory. You know, if some of the workers get sick, she's figuring out, you know, who's going to fill in for them, you know, i.e. like who's going to be the backup, you know, making sure that the backup is like somewhat productive. Maybe they are truly a little bit less efficient, et cetera. Um, If there's not enough raw materials, if those raw materials are not being delivered to the factory, then she's going to be sending out and receiving messages about this to tell the other team, you know, portions or people on her team, the workers, to slow down production or maybe even take some time off, you know, like think of like a layoff, if you will. Um, I promise I will come back to this. I promise. Just bear with me here. Okay. All right, so number two, neurotransmitters. These are going to be things like acetylcholine, dopamine, serotonin, norepinephrine, glutamine, etc. So in the factory analogy, the neurotransmitters are the phones. Okay, they're the phones in the factory. Imagine there are several phones with associated phone lines all throughout the building. And I chose this example specifically because the brain has nerves. So the brain, the central nervous system consists of the brain, the spinal cord, and a lot of nerves that go throughout your body. And those nerves are constantly sending and receiving signals. And they're fairly rapid. So the reason why I chose this is because the phones are the tools being used to transmit messages. And they are fairly quick. So they are quick to respond. Whereas number three, we have hormones. So these are things like cortisol, insulin, estrogen, testosterone. You know, it could even be things like growth hormone, um, things like that. We won't get into the actual detail on hormones, but I just want to, I want to do a really like high level top down for you so that you can, when you understand it high level top down, then it makes it easier to understand the little nuances because it always reverts back to the high level top down concepts. All right. So hormones in the factory, the hormones are those 
paper inner office envelopes. I like literally laughed when I thought of this because I used to be terrible. I used to be terrible, terrible at checking my mailbox. Like I was so slow. People would send me messages in those things. And I swear it took me two weeks to get back to them. Like I just never checked it. You know, I walk by the mailroom a lot, but I just never even thought about going in there, <laughs> which is ridiculous. I know. But, and if you don't know what they are, so let me just tell you what they are in case you don't know what they are. I, I'm sure that they're probably not used very much anymore, but in case they are. Um, I'm sure you'll know what they are, but in case you don't, in case you don't know what they are. So they're like a manila envelope and they have like a bunch of lines on it on the outside. And then it has like a little clasp over the top. And it usually says like date and it'll say like, you know, this will be in rows. So it'll be like date to from, and then it'll be like regarding, you know, like something like that. And so then you're like, you know, this is to Danielle and it's from, you know, I don't know, the front office. And it's in regards to, I don't know, maybe like some paper filings or something that I needed to like file away in my desk drawer. Okay. So the point in me selecting these is because they are very slow. Hormones are very slow. They're a slow transmitter of messages. Hormones are the same. They are very slow to respond and they're also slow to receive messages. All right. So number four, we have macronutrients. These are going to be your proteins, your carbs, and your fats, and to a certain extent, alcohol. And in the factory analogy, the macros are the large raw materials. So for example, uh, in the example that I gave above, you know, the raw materials are probably going to be you know, the protein powder example, like I feel like I don't really know a lot about like what goes into protein powder manufacturing. So I'm going to use the clothing example because this one's really easy. But the raw materials are essentially going to be like the big pieces of fabric, right? So it's going to be like the fabric. It's going to be like zippers and sashes and stuff like that, like the big pieces that would go into the clothing. So in order to build the clothing or to create the clothing, we have to have those like base materials to build upon. Otherwise, like you don't have anything to sew together or like glue or bind together, you know, however the piece of the article of material or the article of clothing, I should say, is made. All right. Number five, micronutrients. So in the factory analogy, this is going to be things like I just described, you know, the thread, the glue, I don't know, maybe they use like some kind of other like adhesive or bonding thing that I don't even know about. But essentially, these are the micronutrients of the factory. And these are going to be things from from a nutrition perspective, that's going to be things like water soluble vitamins. So that's going to be like your vitamin Bs and vitamin C, fat soluble vitamins, A, D, E, K. And your macro minerals, that's going to be things like calcium, magnesium, phosphorus, sodium, potassium, etc. And also micro minerals. And that's going to be things like iron, copper, manganese, zinc, etc. So you have to have both of them. You have to have the macros and you have to have the micros because without one another, they don't work very well, right? Like they don't really produce the intended product. All right. And then last but not least here we have enzymes and they transmit messages 
and regulate the productivity of tissues and cells. They are essentially the catalysts. They are catalysts for the biological chemical reactions. They make things happen faster, and they're responsible for generating movement, digesting food, respiration, cell repair, division, detoxification in the kidneys and liver, you know, the filtering of the body. And this can be things like simple enzymes. It could be things like complex enzymes. That's going to be like a a single enzyme is just going to be like one substrate, whereas complex enzymes are going to be multi-chained substrates. And in the factory, these are the workers, okay? These are the workers on the floor that are assisting the machines or they're facilitating some of the work that's being done by the machines. You know, they're adding more uh, clothing to the stack. They're making sure that the thread doesn't run out, etc. Things like that. And when we think about the single enzymes versus the complex enzymes, you know, the single enzyme is just going to be like one singular worker in this big factory. Whereas like com- complex enzymes are going to be things like a team of workers, you know, a team that is responsible for a certain component of the end product that kind of a thing. Okay. And then last but not least, we need to talk about the speed, you know, the speed of how fast or how slow is this factory working? And this is going to be productivity. So like in my old corporate job, we had like productivity targets. We had to make sure that essentially like everybody was like not wasting time, you know, like you were doing a good job, you were providing a quality level of service, et cetera. So that's like productivity. How fast or slow are things moving and how efficient, how efficient are they? So this is equivalent to function. This is equivalent to function in the body. How fast or slow is the body burning through energy and how efficient is the energy being burned? Okay. So let's kind of go through that. Let's unpack um, in a real life example. All right, so I just kind of like plucked this from, and this is a made up person. This is kind of a combination of like, you know, some like different clients that I have served over the years. And I thought that this was just kind of a good example because it is something that is like very, very common in those that I work with. So I think some of you can maybe not relate to the entire thing, but like definitely parts of it. I think you may either like currently be there or maybe have been there in the past. So this is Paula. Paula is 45 years old. She started lifting last year and she has worked her way up to four days of lifting per week, but ultimately ends up spending like 60 to 75 minutes in the gym to make sure that she's fitting in all of her sessions. And she has noticed some initial changes in her body composition after she started lifting consistently. But because her body didn't really look like she wanted it to yet, yet, not quite yet, right? Like she was being patient, but she just quite wasn't being patient enough. Um, if you want like a time frame, I'm going to talk about that next. So hold on. All right. So she just quite wasn't being patient enough. Okay. So she still had some body fat in places. So she decided that, well, I'm just going to drop my intake from where it's at. Okay. So six months ago, she dropped her intake and she did see some initial body fat loss, 
But now those changes have kind of plateaued and now it's affecting her lifting performance as well as her daily energy and digestion. So let's break down what is going on with her using this factory analysis. All right. So she has a fair amount or had a fair amount of energy going out in the form of movement, right? So I talked about she started going to the gym three days per week consistently, 60 to 75 minutes each session. So if we if we think about that, like it's a minimum of 240 minutes of exercise, so like 60 times four, 240 minutes of exercise per week, which is quite a bit, right? It's great, but it is quite a bit. And I'm not saying it's too much. I'm just saying that if she is having that amount of energy going out, then we have to be mindful of that because the body is going to be be requiring calories to make up for that energy deficit that is happening with the expenditure of energy through that exercise. All right. And because she just really wasn't quite liking how her body looked quite yet, she decided to reduce her intake. So now on top of the energy expenditure that's already going out, so she, she wasn't, you know, doing, she wasn't doing too much activity. So she started doing more activity. So that's exercise, that's calories going out. Plus, when her body didn't really look like she wanted it to, she decided to drop her food. So that's like a double whammy. It's a second, it's a second hit on the total calories that she has to work with for the day. Now, keep in mind, she still has to have calories to fuel her body. Just, just fuel the body. Like, I'm not even talking about like trying to look different or perform different. I'm talking about just like making sure that her gut works well. I'm making sure, making sure that her brain has enough energy available to perform really well so she can think clearly. She's not anxiety ridden. She's not depressed, things like that. So when I talk about that, I'm talking about function. Okay. So she's, she's demanding a lot from her body energetically with her movement And because she dropped her intake, she now not only can't fuel her movement adequately, she also can't fuel her bodily function adequately because she's been in an energy deficit for so long. So, so long, you know, I'm giving you the six month example. That is a pretty good estimate. I mean, Overall, I usually say like 10 to 16 weeks, 10 to 16 weeks, 10 to 16 weeks. Or if you think about it like seasonally, like quarters, you know, spring, summer, fall, winter. If you live where I live, like essentially we don't really have a summer. (laughs) We don't really have three months of summer, I should say. We have more like, uh, what would I call it? I would call it like winter, spring, that's like a combined season. And then I would call it like spring, tiny little sprinkling of summer, summer, fall, but mostly fall. And then we have fall, winter, and then we have winter. (laughs) I mean, essentially it's just really cold here a lot. So don't use that seasonal example, but like in the normal, normal, you know, seasonal example, it's like every, you know, three months, right? So anywhere from 12 to 16, even as far out as 24 weeks. Okay. Like 24 weeks is kind of a, a, it's a max, like you really shouldn't be doing anything for that long. Okay. Specifically what she did is she went on a diet. 
She dropped her intake. She cut her calories for six months. Like that's a really long time for your body to not have enough energy. Okay. So keep that in mind as we're kind of like going through this example. All right. So from the factory perspective, let's just imagine a production line. You've got workers lined up on either side of the line and the the material is coming down the line and the workers are like making sure that it is, you know, perfectly situated on the belt and that it's in the right place for the seams to get either like pressed together or sewn together, etc. Okay. So the chief operating officer tells the workers to speed up production. Okay. So she calls the floor and tells the workers on the manufacturing floor you know, we have an immediate, she's, she's phoning them, immediate increase in productivity, speed up. Okay. So what's happening here is the brain tells the enzymes through neurotransmitters to increase energy production. Okay. Also the COO, the chief operating officer also, she also sends an inter-office envelope to be put on the break room, on the table, letting all of the other workers who maybe aren't working that day to let them know that, hey, we have a directive and we need to speed up manufacturing overall. We need to churn out more articles of clothing. The demand for the articles of clothing are going up. And so the brain sends messages to the enzymes through the hormones to speed up function. Okay. So this is the example where she starts exercising. Okay. So she starts exercising. And so she is demanding more productivity from her body, like essentially more energy expenditure. So when we think about these workers, these workers are having to work harder. They're having to work faster, that kind of thing. Okay. So that goes well for a while. But eventually the workers call the COO on the phone, on the phone, thinking here that the phone are the neurotransmitters, okay, to tell her that they're running out of parts. So these are those large raw materials, the small raw materials. This is your macros and your micros because they've been increasing energy expenditure, aka their productivity, so much. And because of this, the COO says, okay, okay, let's slow things down a bit. So in this example, enzymes in our body tell the neurotransmitters who tell the brain and the brain sends a message back telling the neurotransmitters to slow function. Also, the COO sends one of those handy dandy inter-office envelopes again, again, to be put in the break room on the table, letting all of the other workers know who won't be working that day and who are going to be working soon that, hey, we have a new directive. We need to slow things down, manufacturing overall, because there is not enough parts. There's not enough parts available. Okay, so the brain sends messages to the enzymes through the hormones to slow down function because not enough macros and micros are available. So this is the phase where she goes on the diet. Okay, so she goes on the diet, she cuts her calories. All right, so this goes well for a while. Okay, but eventually when more raw materials aren't available, this is... (laughs) This is oddly reminiscent of like COVID parts and material shortage, right? So hopefully you can use this as an example. Uh, The COO starts laying some of the workers off, you know, sending them inter-office envelopes, probably not the best way to do it, but 
in this example, bear with me, okay? Letting some of them know that they're going to go on unpaid leave for a while. And instead, the COO has some of the remaining workers fill in, but they're slower. You know, they're not as productive, they're less efficient. So the production line is still running, but it's not working very well. And the production is just going at a slower pace. And it's not, there's not a whole lot going on. So in this example, after the intake has been cut, so after she got, she went on the diet, she's still exercising quite a bit. In this case, there's not enough fuel. There's not enough fuel to work with. There's not enough macros and micros coming in in order to have everything functioning smoothly. So the brain sends messages through the hormones to the enzymes to slow function, which slows metabolism, which slows body composition changes and performance changes. Right? Does that make sense? How many of you guys had like an aha moment with this? Hopefully there's some light bulbs coming on. So let's pull it all together. All right. So energy demand goes up. Function goes up for a while until function has to be slowed because not enough macros and micros are coming in. So eventually function has to slow because there's not enough calories coming in. There's just not enough. You know, your body can't just like pull them from thin air. It's like the old, like, you know, there's no money tree. (laughs) There's no calorie tree (laughs) for your body. When this happens, this state of under-functioning or slowed metabolism becomes your new maintenance and you're stuck. You're plateaued. This is exactly why you see some coaches out there saying like, are you sure you're in a calorie deficit? (laughs) Because you start the diet you know, and you're like at 1600, 1500, maybe hopefully you're not at 1200. If you are, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And eventually your body gets used to that. It slows function because there's literally not enough energy coming in. So those old dieting calories, they're your new maintenance. And that's why they stop working. You know, and then when you're like, this is terrible, like I can't eat like this. I just want to like live my life, right? And you start like eating quote unquote like normally again, your body hasn't been slowly primed to accept more energy. So you're 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 stuck at that low metabolic rate because you've you've slowed function, you know? And so then when you do start eating normally again, you gain weight and usually you gain it a lot faster, which is really, really unfortunate. So this is like where a lot of coaches, and I don't really agree with this mentality, but it's like, you know, your metabolism is broken and blah, blah, blah. Okay. It's not, it's, it's adaptive. This is called adaptive thermogenesis. Like that is the concept and that's what happens. And if you've listened to my other podcast, like the last, the one before this, I talk about how your provider might not be giving you very good advice. Like if you have been trying to exercise and you've been consistent with it and you have been trying to eat less food, there comes a time when that no, that strategy no longer works for you. So if you think about it, when I started talking at the beginning of the episode, I said, I think this could be helpful for a number of you out there. So like some of you maybe just have not had a very good 
good strategy. And so if that is the case, then hopefully what I've unpacked here for you has been helpful. And then so so for those of you who have had some success, but then you find yourself stuck and you're really just not sure what to do next, hopefully this example has been helpful for you. But in either one of these cases, essentially what I really want you to hear is that your body gets used to these things. That is metabolism. It's adaptive thermogenesis. You've probably also heard it referred to as metabolic adaptation. That's what it is. Your metabolism is just adapting to the conditions that you have subjected it to. I mean, this is what I did. This is what I did. And I had to learn it the hard way. You know, I cut my calories low, really low because I was impatient and I exercised myself to death practically. You know, but then it got to the point where I was like, man, I feel really bad inside. Like, I feel like when you look like good, when you look somewhat like I definitely looked better, I felt like I looked better than I had. You know, I had more muscle, I had less body fat, but like I felt really bad. I felt really bad on the inside. And it was terrible admitting that because I was like, well, I'm a nurse. Like, clearly I know all these things. But I'm here to tell you that I didn't. Like I had to invest in in mentors to teach me this. And that's literally why I have created this podcast. That's why I have created my platform because I want to help other women prevent and you know spend less time wasting some of their time anyway um, on these on these strategies that they're just hoping work one day. And unfortunately, they just don't. You know, they just don't. So you know, if you're looking for like a quick win or a takeaway, if this is you in the podcast that I've described, essentially what you need to do is you need to reverse diet. You need to reverse diet to increase your energy expenditure. And that will allow you to feel really good inside. And it will prepare you to either work on a body recomposition goal at maintenance. You know, body recomposition is just where, you know, you're lifting, you're eating maintenance calories, and you're maintaining a, you know, relatively high, quote unquote, high number of steps each day. And through that process, you are going to lose body fat. You're going to build muscle and you're going to work on trying to sculpt. You are, if you're consistent, you're going to sculpt that nice toned physique and you don't have to go through, you know, what I did where I like cut my calories low, exercise myself to death. That was terrible. You know, and unfortunately I didn't know any better. Um, the resources that are out there now, you know, they aren't there. And honestly, like if I'm, if I, am I, if I, I can't talk, if I am being honest, I don't know that I would have even listened to them back then because I was so stuck in my own ego that like I was a nurse and I knew how to do this, but I freaking didn't, you guys. It's just, this is not taught. Metabolism, unfortunately, is just not taught. And I feel terrible about that because when you understand it, it completely opens the door to like complete freedom, complete mental freedom with your food and with your activity and realizing that like flexibility and adaptability is key for life. But anyway, I'm just going on a rant now, but I just wanted to share that with you. I think that analogy can be hopefully helpful for some of you who kind of like need something to like grasp onto and be able to relate it back to something. So hopefully you found this helpful. And as always, I hope that it helps you to be able to get a little farther ahead. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Danny Abel podcast. If you're enjoying the show and you haven't already, consider subscribing and leaving me a five-star review. 
If you love the episode, screenshot it, share it to your story and tag me. And lastly, if you have any questions, send me a DM and I'll see if I can help. Thanks again for listening. Take care.